0: International liquid television was a show on mtv back when mtv was still an arbiter of taste it was born out of the boom of animation that took place in the early 90s i remember being given flyers to animation festivals while walking down saint mark's place in manhattan when the chipotle was an s&m shop and when a pack of parliaments were 245 the flyers featured illustrations of warped faces and screaming colors bulging eyes and crooked mouths and some of them were gory and some of them were sexual and some of them were just weird they resonated with me because i knew they were trying to say something i was just too young to know what i look back now and i realize these flyers with their illustrations were telling a story what that story is is up for debate i guess i needed to go to the animation festival to find out but i knew some man or some woman hunched over a drafting desk for hours and hours with the goal of sending a message. What were they trying to say? What does anyone try to say when they filter their vision to make you stop on the street and think, "Holy fuck?" The act of expression through illustration is not a new thing and goes back way further than my generation. With the advent of software and graphic design, illustration has been taken even further. Weird is the new normal and the efforts to present the same world in a twisted and distorted perspective seem as common as a Listerine ad, but as inventive as the artist who provides it. My name is Ryan. I was a teen in the 90s. I am not a millennial. However, all of my guests are. If it doesn't fit, you must equip. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, This is the good life. Just relax
1: and let my mind drift. Have a Y2K compliant.
0: Slim Jim. Eat my shorts. What's the deal with Aquaman? Could he go on the land or was he just restricted to wood? No stairway. Denied. This is Ryan with the Millennials. Hello, everybody. Shalom, aloha, hola, como esta usted? How's it going? Great to be here. Good to see you all again. Here's another episode of Ryan with the Millennials. Today's millennial, very special guest, Laura. How are you today?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to have you here. Uh, very, it seems like you're a very busy, busy person.
1: Oh, uh, busy enough, I guess. <laughs> you, sort of, you sort
0: of dive headfirst into a lot of projects. You have a lot going on. <laughs> Hopefully we get to uh, discuss uh, most, if not all of them today. Absolutely. Um but you are uh you are a millennial, yes I am not, and that is the point of this podcast <laughs> Hopefully we find a way to sort of bridge the gap between us we'll do our best. there is a gap, okay do you feel a gap between you and the generation before you uh
1: you know yes and no I mean you uh, we said when we came in the door, you know you're a millennial and I was like I'm a late millennial yeah um i, I I'm a weirdo because uh, you know i'm in my late twenties. Um, Mm -hmm. but I had the internet very early so my dad was a programmer Mm -hmm. we had a a computer network in my basement when I was about 11 yeah Um, you know we were using uh, broadband before everybody else was using broadband so I I never had AOL Um, lucky yeah I know (laughs) everybody's like you remember that dial-up sound I'm like no that was too cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you know I I was an internet kid um, more so than a lot of my peers that are my same age you know sure Um, because I had my own computer when I was 12, and uh, most, most of the people in their late 20s kind of, they had a family computer, mm-hmm. and then they moved on to having a laptop and that kind of thing.
0: So, um, you are right at home with those machines.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, so I, I kind of consume the internet maybe closer to people who are just kind of turning into their 20s now.
0: Gotcha. Um,
1: but, and, and those couple years when it comes to the internet makes a big difference um, because it's changed so much, you know. Um, but, but I still feel... When I talk to those kids on the internet, and then I realize that they're not paying their bills yet, mm-hmm. you know, then I feel like the gap, then I feel closer to my like 40 year old peers, you know, where I'm like, <laughs> oh,
0: I have a lot of loans. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so. Well, you are an artist and an illustrator. Yeah. And uh, you rely on the internet and, and, and computers quite a bit. For sure, yeah. Uh, so tell us what it is that you're working on these days.
1: Um, so right now, uh, I just finished up some comics. So I'm in an anthology, Poor Warfare and Strangers. It's a Western anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, we finished that up in the spring, kickstarted it, got it out there. Um, so Congrats. I have, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, that was my first Kickstarter, my first kind of collaborative project with a bunch of people. Um, and so that was really cool. And then I have Dags. Which is like my own little zine of illustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we just kind of have those to table at cons. Yeah. Um, and on the side, you know, I do kind of my own illustrations. I moderate on Penny Arcade, which is a webcomic community, and we have an art community within that, and I moderate the art community. Um, and I've been doing that for a long time too. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's like little side projects here and there. I want to keep doing comics. I'm working on a children's book with my sister. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so small, small projects all around. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course I have a normal day job, so I do my... My day job, and then I kind of do the art on the side, so...
0: Yeah, see, everybody, I wasn't joking. Very busy person yeah. here. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about the anthology a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I had a chance to thumb through it. Yeah. And uh, it's very intriguing, very interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, I really dug uh the illustrations and your style thank you um the story was was uh something that you had to sort of uh catch me up to speed on yeah 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 um so why don't you very briefly give us a synopsis on that so
1: um my story loose ends. it's uh two sisters it's a western the whole anthology is western comics um my favorite western is actually um once upon a time in the west i don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen it um i haven't it's a very it's an old spaghetti western and like just really long, drawn-out shots, you know, okay. just, like, really slow-paced. I think it's, like, a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Like, yeah. you know, the whole time you're watching, like, flies land on people, everybody's brooding. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of really what I wanted to capture in my comic. Just, like, it's a very simple story, you know, it's, like, one sister's alive, she's dying. Uh, She just got revenge for her sister that's already dead, okay. and her sister kind of is death incarnate you know so she appears in front of her sister that is now dying like hey like you did it for me thank you you know now you're gonna come we're gonna hang out in the afterlife together um but her younger sister is not ready to go Mm -hmm. and and so like the story is pretty short but it's just a very quick realization where this older sister who's now ready for her younger sister to come join her realizes that she sort of asked her to do a task for herself. Okay. And then now it's time for her sister to have her own life, you know? uh uh-huh. um, And so, of course, it's a very mystical story. So, it kind of happens. That... That realization happens in the background. Yeah. Um, but but that's kind of what it's about. Um, and I, I have an older sister, so it's a very like familiar relationship, uh-huh. that sister sisterhood. Now, is that
0: how you sort of... I, you said that it was inspired a bit by Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. But, but how did you ultimately end up landing on writing about something like this?
1: Um, you know, I've always been kind of like a storyteller and a daydreamer, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, uh, I think I drew... Uh, Margaret, who's the older sister, we were, like, sitting in a laundromat, and I was just doodling, you know, and I drew this, like, brooding Western character. I knew I had to make a Western for the anthology because I was asked to be in it. Sure. Um, But I had no idea what I was going to write about. Yeah. And I drew this, like, brooding kind of dark form, and she looks like a ghost, and she she feels like a spirit. And I was like, well, what what is this person's story yeah you know and and that's how it kind of formed and then i started writing the script you know
0: has your sister read yeah yeah she likes it she likes it um is this how you explain it to her too like
1: for sure i mean you know my sister's a writer um so she's a creative person she mm -hmm. writes really cool like awesome just like uh i don't even know how to describe it but really fun stuff and um she has a lot of kind of like death and guns and all that in her writing herself so so she wasn't
0: offended by being a dark and mystical no, figure no, in no. your story,
1: you know, and and I mean for us, it's like there's always a I always have my stories kind of at arm's length. It's it's about people mm-hmm. that I know, and it's about myself, but I'm always thinking of my characters as their own bodies, you know. Sure. Like uh, to me, like Margaret isn't my sister, yeah, she's, but she's like my sister in some ways, you know. Like
0: it's, it's there's like, attributes,
1: yeah. It's like it's always a mix of people and themes and stories that I know, right. you know. So um, I. I don't usually feel too uncomfortable sharing my stories with people because in the end, at the end of the day, it's not really them. Right. You know? Um, and
0: it's something a lot of writers can relate to. I think it's yeah. just who's going to read this and yeah. what associations are they going to make as it pertains to them and me.
1: And it, I think it's amazing. Like the closer the character is to a person, the less likely they are to recognize themselves in it.
0: Because, right. Because like, nobody wants to see themselves in anything. No,
1: yeah. Like the, <laughs> the, the the more you know intimate you are with their flaws or their quirks or something like that, they'll read a character and they'll be like, that guy's crazy. And yeah. I'm like, that guy's you. you that, know? Right, yeah. yeah. But but you don't really see that. You know? That's so, uh,
0: sort of like my dad with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. That is, uh, Larry David is my father and yeah. he hates that show as a result. <laughs> he's like, this guy is such a dick. I don't know why anybody thinks he's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, guess what? Um, well, that's interesting. So do you sort of apply this sort of approach or the, like uh, the Western thing aside, there's clearly an aesthetic that you're working with here. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure it took time for you to sort of hone that and craft it. Yeah. Is it something you use for a lot of the stories you write?
1: Um, So that, uh, that particular comic is a very kind of flat graphic kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I chose to do that for the that comic just because it was longer than anything I'd done really. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wanted it to be a little bit easier for me to produce and my, Normal stuff, which is very painterly mm-hmm. um, and generally takes me a long time to do so it was it was more of an experiment than anything else yeah um, and now that I've done it I'll probably use that to kind of uh, move into more stories and like see what I want to pull from it but i don't I very rarely work the way same same way twice. Sure. Um which is why that I think I'm a better independent arti- artist than I am a studio artist sure. because I like to kind of open up Photoshop or open my up my sketchbook and do something totally crazy every time. Um and so you know like I worked on that comic that way and I might never do that again.
0: So in that regards it seems you said it was an experiment, but yeah. it sounds like a very successful one.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I was happy with the way it came out. And, you know, Aaron, who is the person who put that anthology together, definitely liked it, too. So, you know... Uh, it worked out. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I I mean, I look at it now and I think of all the things I could do different, which I think any artist does with their
0: work. Uh, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, there's always, there's always a reason to look back and say to yourself, oh man, if I had only sort of corrected this or done this differently. Right, right. Um, But what was going on before you sort of wrote that? Like, uh, how did you sort of head into this project?
1: So, well, so a little history. Uh, Aaron, the a person who put that comic together used to post on Penny Arcade, which is the community Mm -hmm. that I now moderate, but I've been posting in since I was 12. So it's an art forum, um, all sorts of different types of artists post there. Um, And, you know, it it kind of has its own like long history, oddly for an internet forum. Um, But so she, uh, Squid Bunny was her screen name online. uh, She used to post there. She does web comics Mm -hmm. um, and does a pretty successful web comic. Now, uh, next time next town over um which is a very western you know webcomic um but so you know i met a lot of artists through that community and so she just kind of reached out to me i was working on another small comic at the time that I, i still haven't finished and i plan to uh called button reality but it's a blue rabbit and he's kind of dealing with um a breakup um but the story is really about how he just broke up with his girlfriend but he's really upset about where his art is okay um so like that's the whole duality everybody's like hey are you cool that you broke up with this chick and he's like yeah everything's fine yeah you know it's my art that sucks yeah you know and like that's the whole mood um and she was looking at this comic like it seems like you're really trying to to push into that storytelling space so you know come hang out with me and my friends who do comics like all the people in that anthology are really cool comic people who like do web comics already so i was really excited to kind of like get into this project where these more established artists are like yeah we're just going to do this cool thing and kickstart it do you want to be a part of it yeah. um and and that's kind of how i picked it
0: up you know it was is it, that ultimately why you did it was because you wanted to be a part of the community or I, I mean, were there yeah. other, were there other goals that went into sort of,
1: I, I've always wanted to do more comics. Um, and it's funny. Comics are one of those things where uh, if you're used to illustrating, you mm-hmm. know, it's like I can do an illustration three or four days. I'm done with that illustration. Mm-hmm. And comics are like, you can't bang them out that fast, especially if it's going to be 30 pages. You yeah. know, it's like it, you're going to do a comic, and you're going to work on that for two or three months, and it's hard to convince myself to sit down to the same project sometimes. Right. You know? So it's like just making that project consistent, um, You know, keeping the drawings the same, making sure the characters look the same. That's a very foreign process to me. Sure. Um, and, and so taking that on was me saying like, okay, it's time for me to tackle this part of that beast. Just have the dedication. Somebody else is relying on me and waiting for this comic, so I can't just get 10 pages in and stop which is what i did with button reality you know yeah. I, I painted 10 pages it was a 30 page script and i was like i i'm done you yeah. know and i want to go back to it now because after working through that comic and having it finished and having it printed it feels so good sure. you know you're like i actually did it mm-hmm. you know where when you leave those projects unfinished sometimes it's a really bad habit and easy to get into to, you know you leave the scripts on the table you leave the comics on the table and you sure. just never go back to them
0: so, yeah. Well, um and 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 forgive my 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 ignorance with the medium. Yeah. Um but obviously, I need to be honest here. This is how guest and host establish trust. Yeah. Um I don't I have little to no experience with web comics. Oh, okay. Um I can
1: tell you a lot about web comics. Well, I mean, I
0: <laughs> I know ex- I know what they are. Yeah, yeah. Um I feel like I know what they try to achieve, um yeah. but but what I'm wondering or maybe what I'm going to ask you is where do they fall in the sort of lexicon of sort of illustration and art and storytelling? Because you have comic books, yeah. and then you have art, and then you have illustrations, and there's a whole bevy of sort of medium or uh, of, of options out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. And,
0: and then there's web comics, which maybe you could shed a little light on.
1: So there's a couple, there's different types of web comics. Um, what's interesting is that web comics themselves are as seemingly as old as the internet. You know, it's like, uh, I post on Penny Arcade, Penny Arcade has been around since I think 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and a couple other, m- most of the first web comics like Penny Arcade were, uh, emulating newspaper strips. So Penny Arcade is three strips, three gags a week. It's not really story-based. You know, it's just jokes about video games and usually current news. There is a couple other strips like that. PVP uh, is like that. Um, There were a couple others kind of like slice of life, like, you know, very much so like newspaper strips. Um, And then as the internet kind of grew up, you know, you found people who were telling stories and making things that were more like graphic novels, but still coming out, you know, okay, I'm going to do two pages a week or one page a week. Um, But... Outside of like that format, then like the way they look and the way they
0: you know feel is yep. extremely vast. Well, what what is what is the magnitude of a web comic on the sort of internet reading public? Like, does it does it shape a lot of uh, decisions or, or not decisions? But does it does it really sort of alter the way everyone sort of it, reads and it, sees things?
1: It depends on the comic, you know. I mean, Penny Arcade went from a webcomic to a media giant you know so penny arcade has expos they have like four cons a year now it's like thousands of people go to them you know like they make board games and all of this stuff now you know and and they have forums like really large community um and all of this started because two people made dick jokes and video game jokes sure. you know um and and there that are hasn't co-
0: stopped by the way no no absolutely <laughs>
1: not and and there's another comic that's more recent homestuck um, where, uh, this guy, Andrew Hussey, he created this crazy, like, universe of characters. Um, and there was a guy who, like, compared his work to Ulysses because it's so impenetrable. It's right. like, and, and, and these kids love it. Like, they he has this kind of teenager following that has grown up now. But, um, it, a lot, like, a lot of people, you know, yep. and its own language and they all draw their own fan characters, sure. you know, they all have their, like, you know personas that they kind of put into this world so that's a lot of influence you know there yeah. there are a ton of people who probably spent their middle school years or even their high school years drawing themselves as one of his characters uh-huh. you know and so that's a pretty big cultural influence for a small yeah. little web comic you know and and for a dude that just, I think his first comics were stick figures, you know, and like, he just kind of, and he was drawing tons of stuff. He was another Penny Arcade person. Um, He was drawing tons of stuff, and then he just had this one that landed as a webcomic, you know?
0: And uh, you mentioned that a lot of middle and high schoolers Mm -hmm. were sort of taking, taken to these and drawing themselves. Yeah. uh, Is that, no pun intended, is that what drew you in? Is that Um, where you were at, and that's why you sort of warmed to this?
1: So, I, when I was a kid, I was drawing, uh, probably mostly Pokemon (laughs) and video game characters. Um, you know, I was a little late for the draw yourself as like his characters kind of thing. He, he was, he's more current with me. Like he's, I think he's maybe in his thirties. Um, but you know that is such a common thing mm-hmm. amongst comics and so i really understand it sure. you know i i've always wanted to make up my own characters so like drawing fan characters and things like that was just never like it was just never a habit i had
0: yeah um but you say you understand it what what was the portal to that led to that understanding was something must have clicked something you must have related to when um, when you saw these
1: well webcomics and video games have a sort of escapism, mm-hmm. and that is what I relate to. You yeah. know, so it's like it, you read these universes and 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 kind of get into these stories, and that's something I've always really loved to do. And mm-hmm. just that, like, you're gonna just totally turn off what actually is your reality and yeah. just jump into what's being created in front of you. Like that is something that I really can relate to and understand, it, just as an
0: artist. And even even then, or was is this then or now?
1: Uh, I or mean, both? it's both. You yeah. know, like I. I think I do it less now, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a, a middle schooler or a high schooler, there's a lot you just want to get away from, you sure. know, and so it's so easy to like melt into the kind of media that you're consuming, yeah. um, and so I would do it a lot, more so with games than comics, um, but uh, but I had a lot of internet friends, yeah. you know, and a lot of those internet friends came from circling around these communities, like, oh, you like Penny Arcade too? Yeah. Let's talk on the internet, you know, um, that's how I know Aaron, that's how I know... A lot of people. That's actually how I know Whitney. Yeah. Um, our friend Whitney. Uh, I met him on Penny Arcade, and mm-hmm. then I moved to Austin, and he's like, "Hey, let's get a beer." And now we're real life friends, you very know. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's something that is, I, I think, a very like younger people thing,
0: you know. So you were a bit of a, a quieter artsy type when you were younger, and as a result, you sort of escaped from 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 that by finding all this all these web comics and these artists online. And
1: yeah, I was definitely a very quiet a kid in middle school. Um,
0: Did you know how to draw, like, were you good at art? Did you know, did you have the, the, the skill set at yeah, that time? I mean,
1: I, I was good for a middle schooler, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know. Well, it all begins somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: I, I, I mean, I definitely, I drew little Kirby comics, so, like, I would draw these little stapled together comic books, and it was all always about me and, like, my friend, like, chasing around the administrators over school and, like, hitting them with mallets and, like, crazy, like, Looney Tunes <laughs> stuff like that. Right. Um, but, but, yeah, that's definitely what I did with my free time was just, like, I would make up stories, and usually my own stories, um, and pass them around to like my couple of friends in class yeah um and you know i was a pretty quiet kid middle school was like a rough time in general just because i didn't get along with most of the kids in my school mm-hmm. um which i think is a common story for most artists. yeah that's
0: all of us yeah you yeah know, so all creative people
1: yeah you know you want to be in your own corner and you just don't want anybody to mess
0: with you right you know? um well when you're a, i think when you're a creative person maybe i'm only speaking for myself so yeah yeah pardon the projection here but well, I think when you're a creative person, you seek refuge in creating these imaginary worlds yeah. that only exist in in your own mind. Right. Yeah. Um, and when I was going through that phase, I didn't necessarily have the internet. Right. So right. there was no way for me to connect with others. Right. Um, but it sounds like you did. You did find a way to connect with others. Yeah.
1: When I was. When I think about it. And when I was in middle school, one of the first things, I don't know if you've read Orson Scott Cards.
0: I, I haven't, no. Okay, so
1: he made like Ender's Game and stuff like that. It was a sci fi writer. He used to have a forum. Mm-hmm. It's a very like old forum, really small forum. And I found it because I used to read his stuff. And like it was him and a bunch of these, like, I don't know, but they were probably a lot older than me, but it was a bunch of people who read his stuff and wanted to like, a role play being in battle school mm-hmm. so like that was what the forum was you made up a character like you made up their little side story and then you guys would all post in different areas like you yeah. were in this battle school like oh so this is the cafeteria and like i'm gonna write as my character and so you know you write your stupid angsty teen character
0: so, a very dungeons and dragons yeah yeah type thing except here. it was
1: sci-fi and space and yeah. and online so it was all these people who I had no idea who they were. Mm -hmm. And I got to actually be my character, you Mm -hmm. know? And so that was, like, very early on in the internet. I think that was, like, pre-Napster days. Um, but you know, so I love stuff like that. You know, I loved getting on the internet and nobody had to know my age or Mm -hmm. what I looked like or my race or anything like that. You know, I could just be a character in space, you know? Um, so I definitely did stuff like that. Yeah. You know,
0: you created, well, an imaginary world was provided, but you sort of filled in the blanks.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of kids do with those web comics, right? Like sometimes they don't want to write the whole universe, but they can definitely, Take themselves and place themselves in it Sure, You know and that's a really That can be a really cathartic and Relieving thing if there's things you don't like about Yourself or your environment you
0: know And it's something that I wish more kids uh, were you know supported in doing yeah for sure Uh, it may solve a lot of problems but that's neither here nor there i'm I'm not a i'm not a shrink here (laughs) um i only pretend to be one um but so you're going through this and then Mm -hmm. at some point you're like well shit i think i'm good at this and i think i might want to make this something that uh is my future yeah and so you went to art school i did how was that
1: it was all right. Uh, you know, I, I went to art school largely because I'm terrible at math. And yeah. so there was like this point where I was like, I could go to art school and never have to take a math class. Mm-hmm. Or I could go to a normal school, definitely have to take a math class and yes. definitely fail it. Um, and so like I'm mildly dyslexic. So it's like, a, it's a real trial. Um, mm-hmm. But I love drawing. And I, I knew by the time I kind of got to high school early on that that was my trajectory. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the only thing I really cared about.
0: Um, and when you when you say I'm, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but the mildly dyslexic,
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I,
0: yeah, I, uh, uh, only if you're comfortable about talking about no, this. No, yeah, what what, 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 what kind of what, what does that entail? When
1: I was a little kid, uh, I would write letters and words backwards, yeah. um, and so I would I usually have to have extended time in my tests and things like that. There was a lot of like assisted teaching to get me to would stop doing that, and some of it I think I was just a stubborn kid. It's like if you know what the word is, I'm not going to write it the right way. Just yeah. let me just do this, and they're like, you can't. <laughs> yeah. um, and so eventually, I kind of grew out of that, but I definitely. Uh, I would take math classes, and I would remember the equations, remember everything, and I could write down all the numbers in the right format, so the teachers knew I was paying attention, sure. but the answers always came out wrong, Right. it's just because numbers don't like mean anything to
0: yeah. me. Um, Except in your mind, they were right. Yeah, in because... my mind, it doesn't really matter, yeah. is
1: really the thing, and I'm sure that if now, if I really sat down to a table and really went hard at like calculus or something, I could figure it out well in, you in, in
0: your mature mind sh- sure yeah but back then not so much
1: but back then it's like not only did i not i w- I, w- I wasn't only not good at it i also didn't care about it mm-hmm. right so like that combination makes anybody bad at something you yeah. know um but it was required so i had to kind of struggle
0: through all of these courses well y- y- you say that it's a bad thing but what i'm hearing is is you use that to sort of propel your creativity which is uh, very common for people with who suffer from dyslexia and and, and other affiliated
1: well I I was lucky in that it doesn't uh I, it doesn't affect my reading too much. So I'm actually, I, I can skim, I can read. Um, I have good reading comprehension in general. My mom's a writer. My dad also is a stickler for, you know, writing. And so, you know, dad used to make me write essays out of the Washington Post. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, read this article, write an essay. And I'm like, I am <laughs> a middle schooler. I shouldn't have to do this. And he's like, whatever, you know, <laughs> but it made it so that when I was in high school, like English Classes and creative writing classes, I yeah. could do in my sleep. Sure. Um, and
0: so, sort of a Mr. Miyagi thing going on there. Yeah, so you're, yeah. You're going to appreciate this later on. Yeah, now, now exactly. Go, go paint the fence. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. you know, during high school, I would they'd be like, "Okay, you got an essay; it's due in two weeks," and I would be like, "Okay, well, I'm going to write that the night before and get an A." <laughs> right. And you know, then in did high you school. did you get an A? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of my English classes and writing classes were A's and B's because I. I knew what the teachers were looking for. I knew how to skim a book. Um, I knew how to read Cliff Notes in a way that didn't make it seem like I read Cliff Notes, mm-hmm. you know, so like essays and stuff like that. And if I was truly interested in a book, I would actually just do it. Sure. Um, which would happen, um, you know, All Quiet on the Western Front and like war stuff I loved. So,
0: And it's interesting, like, it's interesting because administration type people would probably view that as you looking for shortcuts to yeah. not do as much work. Yeah. But to you, that was probably like no, this is my way of doing it, yeah. and I'm still getting it done. And, that,
1: like, honestly, it's a better skill for adult life than, you know, anything else. Like, uh, absolutely. I, I can write all right. I can write what people are telling me to do, Yeah, you know, and it doesn't matter if I care about it or not. I can just do it. And yeah. and those A's and B's are ultimately why I passed high school. Sure, You know, it's like, I could struggle up to a C in math, but mm-hmm. um, I excelled in English. Um, so, you know, and there was a lot of strange dualities because of that. You know, I was always in uh, honors English. Mm-hmm. I was Always in the most remedial math you could be in. Sure. Um, and when you're in a place like North Carolina, which is where I was, I was in English class, and I would be the only black student in that class. Mm-hmm. And then I would be in math class, and I would be like with all these black kids that I never see otherwise. Oh yeah. And so in high school it wasn't too bad. Uh, North Carolina was pretty chill. But in middle school it was a huge problem, like a huge yeah. identity crisis for me and all the kids I was around because they're sure. like, we don't really understand you. Um. And and I think that's really what fueled you know the creative side of me because i was like i have all this stuff and everybody's just telling me it's weird and it's yeah. like normal you yeah. know for me um
0: that's great you were able to sort of see i don't want to phrase it as both sides of the fence because yeah. that, that implies division right but, yeah, yeah but you were certainly subjected to a lot of scenarios that i don't think a lot of
1: yeah, people you're
0: you know like yourself have been subjected
1: yeah to. and you know it's everything's different now. Um, it, and it's interesting to watch things change and I think the internet has done a lot for that. Sure. But you know for me the internet was the only place where I could walk into a room and not be the only black person there. Right. Like that's not the initial first impression that people got of me. Where that happened every day for yeah. me in real life. You know, it's like every time I went to English class, that's the first thing that people were thinking. I bet.
0: It seems natural that you would gravitate towards yeah. uh, an internet forum about a sci-fi yeah, yeah. world because why bother dealing with what's going on right. in reality and,
1: and just you, the ability to be a little bit anonymous. Sure. Um, not
0: not bother dealing with it. I didn't mean yeah. to phrase it like yeah, that. What yeah, yeah, you Yeah. Understood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got it, this thing over here and then you got this thing over there and it's yeah. it, it,
1: it's something that you know when you're a black person when you have any sort of racial tension you will carry that with you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. you know and so early on you find ways to cope with it sure um, and and that was one of the ways that I coped with it and and uh, in North Carolina, it actually wasn't as bad as people might perceive for a southern state um and you know and then I went back to college in Baltimore, where it was much more of a mixing pot yep. so um so it it was like a problem that <laughs> kind of melted away in some ways you know um but but definitely much shaped a lot of my early education so
0: do you think um some of those coping mechanisms are still sort of instilled
1: uh, for sure, I mean like uh, i I tell myself, like, uh, you can't be angry all the time. You know, I was like, I was not like a uh, throw shit against the wall kind of teenager, but I wasn't a very happy yeah, you teenager. Don't strike, you don't
0: strike me as a throw something <laughs> against the wall type.
1: No, no, but, you know, I was a very angsty, angsty teen, you yeah. know, so it's like all my, if you opened up a diary from back then, it's like very angsty, very, uh, it was a very negative worldview. Like, I, mm-hmm. I did not really have a positive view of the future or my future, yeah. um, as a kid, which is kind of strange when I look back at it now because I, I don't feel that way anymore. No. Um, but it took a long time for me to get there. You know, I was very high anxiety. Um, uh, I had anxiety through college and art school can really hammer somebody with anxiety. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it wasn't until really a couple of years ago that I started to get rid of some of that stuff. And so the coping mechanisms definitely worked their way up through probably my mid-20s. Okay. So, yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, bringing it back into the sort of recent past or yeah, present, yeah. Um, you've obviously endured... What sounds like quite a bit for, for a teenager or for, for a young black person yeah, in a, yeah, in a, yeah. in a in People a white have had it worse, but you know. Yes, <laughs> great perspective. You're absolutely right. Um, but certainly you were faced with your own challenges. And I'm wondering if uh, as a result of clearing those challenges, are you now able to sort of incorporate what you had gone through into what you're doing today?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that a lot of those experiences. So, you know, I, I don't do art as my day job. Mm-hmm. I do uh, tech support. I, I'm a techie person. And so part of that is just having been around computers my whole life. I'm pretty familiar with them. And so it's easy for me to do tech support. Um, there was this part of me, especially when you first get into art school, that's like, I'm going to go to art school. I'm going to do art. And then I'm going to get out and I'm going to be a famous artist. And I'm going to make a million dollars, mm-hmm. you know. And like the, when you get out of art school, it's like that first that just that first like week where you're like everything's going to happen this week. And then you get to that Friday and you're like, nothing's Uh going to happen forever. Uh You know, (laughs) like, like that, that total flip where it's like, which uh, by the way,
0: that doesn't go away. No. Yeah. Yeah. We're always haunted by that. Oh my God, is this going to be the year something finally happens? Yeah.
1: And, 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 you know, I went to a school where it's like, there are people who are in my grade and who are just you know my peers who went out and did kind of like go off like rockets you know like oh they're now working on you know big animation shows and stuff like that and so a lot of the kind of kobe mechanisms one came back into place i was playing a lot of games um but uh, as an adult like i got into my adult life and realized like I'm never going to be happy mm. if I feel this way all the time. Sure. You know, and so I kind of slowly started being like, I got to stop comparing my career to my you know, peers. I yeah. got to do what's right for me as an artist. You, you shed know?
0: that sort of... Envy and negativity Yeah and, and, Which is very healthy
1: And it, it was a big part Of my personality mm-hmm. And you don't realize it Until it starts Like crushing you That's, You know Yeah You're and, absolutely right And school is so distracting So mm-hmm. I was like In school I was just like You know It was all still there But I was working so hard And like There was so much to do It, it didn't really matter And then you get out And you're working at GameStop And you have three days a week When you're not doing shit mm-hmm. And all of a sudden You're like I think I have to be healthier Yeah You know I think I have to be Happy wherever I'm at If I'm ever going to be A good artist And a uh, Decent person.
0: I think you know? uh, there's a lot of parallels to what you're describing to what other artists and creative people go through, and and uh, unfortunately, some of them don't shed that yeah. envy and negativity, and yeah. it leads to bitterness, and that is something that maybe can in, could, uh, uh positively affect someone's art but i think for the most part it can anchor someone down.
1: Yeah, i mean, when i got out of school i was still working really hard, you yeah. know. So i i was working at GameStop that was my first job out of school and i would I've never set foot in a GameStop. Don't. Um, <laughs> it's got old carpets from the 90s. It's, oh yeah. What's uh, it like? What does it
0: smell like in there? Horror. What's uh, well, what's, actually, the, what's the vibe in there?
1: It's, it's not too bad. I mean, like if, imagine a Best Buy it's like really small and it only has video games and like half of them are used so uh, I don't know it's like you're with in there with a bunch of nerds but like not really because they're all just they're working retail Yeah, you know? like yeah. <laughs> it's a retail situation and and when you work there like everybody thinks oh I'm gonna work at GameStop because it'll be fun sure I like video games Yeah, and then you get there and you're like oh, I, could, I might as well be selling clothes it's a job yeah it's just yeah. a job it's a job where you're a magazine salesman one sure. you know they really want you to sell magazines. And when I was there, it was 2011. I'm like, I'm not selling a magazine to anyone. Nobody wants a magazine. (laughs) Um, So I I feel like I worked at that job forever. And in reality, I was thinking I was there for like eight months. Okay. Um, That could
0: feel like forever though. It was
1: a long, it felt like a long time. And it mostly because you know when you don't sell the magazines they actually chop off your hours okay so I was
0: working maybe like wow GameStop is fucking harsh man. yeah no it's a
1: (laughs) it's a crazy desert landscape of retail that's like some
0: Glengarry Glen Ross stuff like so
1: I I got like 13.3 hours a week of work because I couldn't sell magazine subscriptions so she's like I'm sorry I can't really give you 20 hours a week yeah and so 13 hours a week when you're making like mm, 850 an hour is about enough money to gas your car to go back to GameStop sure so I wasn't making any money and my loans gonna drop because this was 2011 I graduated in 2010 so I'm like uh, eventually like this is all gonna come crashing down on me which is a very hard reality you know it's like I'm not making any money uh I have enough money for like my car and sodas I live in my parents basement um you know so everything was bad about my situation mm-hmm. except for like, you know my parents are like super supportive and it's not like i was like you know poor well, you're, on the yeah, street you're not on the street yeah, but yeah. you know you're still in your parents basement while you're watching all your friends get jobs at like puma and well, you, you wanted know. a better life yeah I and think so that's, that's fair and so that was you know I, I think that reality is where i was like i i gotta work you know and so i started i would go to gamestop i would come home I would play video games for like two or three hours, and then I would paint all night. Yeah. And I was just... At that point, I was doing more work than I did in school because sure. I was just like, I'm just going to hammer away at this stuff. Well,
0: you were inspired. You kind of wanted that better future for yourself.
1: Yeah. And like that motivation helped. But also, you know, I was at that point still thinking I'm going to be a concept artist in the games industry. Right. Um, and so that's what I was working towards. Um And then we moved back to Maryland. I started working at my friend's deli. So my friend Nick opened up a deli. He was like, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to open up my own business. And I was back in Maryland at that point. And he's like, hey, just come work. And then I met Zach again um, and started managing this place with Zach. Um, And so that was my life for Zach
0: is your boyfriend who's also an artist? Zach is my boyfriend who's also
1: an artist. But we managed a deli for like two years. Okay. Um, And... And that was when I kind of chilled out. And yeah. it's kind of weird because you think, oh, food service, you know, you're just kind of like making sandwiches for people. But it was my buddy's business. It was a small business. We took a lot of ownership over it. Yeah. It was in the middle of Baltimore. It's so a crazy stuff happened. happen. Sure. You know, and, and that was when I realized like, I don't have to be a professional artist, yeah. you know? It's like, it's not like I love the deli, but yeah. at the same time, it was just like, man, people live different lives, yeah.
0: you know? It's like- Well, what I'm, what I'm hearing by you sort of walking me through uh, all of this is that you were, you were doing whatever it takes yeah. to be able to continue to do your art. Yeah. You weren't necessarily going back for your master's. You weren't sort of throwing in the towel. You saw all your peers moving on and doing things, yeah. but in your mind, you were just like- I just have to keep clocking into this GameStop and making these sandwiches at the deli so yeah. that I can go home. Uh, and draw. And live. And live. You know, and um, like... And, and just so you know, after this interview, I'm going to go to GameStop and buy a magazine subscription <laughs> from every motherfucker that works there so that they get more hours. Oh,
1: yeah. You should, totally should. Those, um, those kids need it. Yeah. Um, just to
0: shift the conversation, though, here. Yeah, Because yeah. um, I kind of want to keep it centered on the art. Yeah, uh, for sure. And then on your creative sort of intuitions. Uh, is there any art that truly, truly speaks to you or or that you're moved by or that you're 100% invested in?
1: Um. Interesting. Um, I mean, I'm still a gamer at heart. So when I play a new game like The Last of Us or anything like that, that a, com- a company and a whole group of people had a vision and they told a story and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And I play it and I'm like in it. I'm like, this is this is great. Yeah. You know, um, I, I love it. I, I love those those experiences being so on point. Um so you know, that's the media I always go back to. Sure. Um I, I like comics too. Uh I don't read as many as I want to. Um but you know, something about games is just like suck you in. You
0: yeah. Know? Is um, it is it is it is it the the art itself or is it the story, is it the narrative, is it the the actual physical act of sitting down and kind of pushing the buttons?
1: It's 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 all of that. You know, for me the interaction helps because otherwise I if I'm watching a movie, if I'm watching a TV show, I get taken out of it, you know, because I'm like, I can also play on my phone or I can also sketch. Yeah. So I'm only ever like half present for those things. But mm-hmm. with the game, it's just like, I got to put down everything because you have to play it. You know, you have to control that character and walk into that narrative. Yeah. Um. And so I've, I've always really enjoyed that the most as a consumer, you know, um, comics and stuff like that. I like the community. I like being a creator. Um, it's one of the fastest ways to get your own voice out there because I don't have to rely on somebody else. Sure. Um, but with games, it's like, you know you need a studio you need all those people and when you see it like really come together it's it's amazing because mm-hmm. it's not just one person's vision it's all of those people putting all of their effort into it right. um and and that's really cool like i think it's a, a really high level of collaboration that you don't see in a lot of th- things mm-hmm. um and and not just with that studio but they're also collaborating with the player right. at that point because you're well, taking you make that.
0: you make these games with the player in mind yeah, yeah yeah
1: and and some games are so freeform you know that it, it go, goes to the, you know, the secondary point where, like, the players take it to YouTube and then they make it their own media, yeah. you know, because there are all those Let's Play and stuff like that. It's, like, it's a whole different level of storytelling, you know. So, it really rolls and it's really collaborative and it's kind of beautiful in its own way.
0: Um, so and you're, you're going to keep sort of collecting stories to tell. Yeah. So that you could, you know, one day uh, implement them into these games that
1: yeah for sure yeah and and you know i'll probably keep working on comics on my own but you know i've had like little kind of game projects go in and out um i do want to make something more interactive one day Mm -hmm. um but probably more of an interactive story well is
0: that is that that my next question was what what is next for you what happens next
1: um i want to keep doing comics um, I'm working on this children's book with my sister, um, and that's like a little small kind of illustration project. Basically, it's yeah. like twenty thirty illustrations. It's a little
0: different than the dark and mystical stuff <laughs> yeah, that you were doing before. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's a it's a Christmas book, okay. so it's it's very light, and it's very much so about uh, our families and our childhoods. Yeah. Well, we know? don't want to go
0: into too many plot details. It's true. It's true. But um, uh, but, but 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 certainly writing a children's book is a challenge. Uh, that that sounds like you're giving to yourself.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I'm. I'm. Despite not being a professional, it's like I want to kind of stay on top of my skills, stay on top of you know my yeah. workflow, make sure that I'm pushing myself in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's always that duality where it's like I'm working but I am a working artist, you yeah. know? Um, so, you know, the children's book and the portrait class that I took, um, it, things like that, I still want to be an academic. Yeah. Um, but I think in the end, like, experimental comics, experimental games, you know, that's really one I want to get into. You, wanna,
0: so. you, you want those, those boundaries of creativity to be lifted? Yeah. You want to put your voice out there? Yeah. Put and your art out there?
1: Ultimately be in control of my own things.
0: Well, that's, uh, good luck with that, because <laughs> as creative people will tell you, that is the pot of gold at the end of a I rainbow, know,
1: it's impossible. That
0: we keep chasing. But Nothing okay. is impossible, <laughs> but it just seems a little bit harder to reach. Um, well, Laura, I, I really appreciate you taking the time Absolutely. sitting with me today. yeah I wish you luck on everything. Is there anything that you want to plug or put out into the world? What, can people see your stuff?
1: Um, I have a Tumblr and a website. It's all under Laura Makes Art. Okay. Um, also, Twitter, Instagram, all Laura Makes Art. Um, Laura
0: Makes Art. Mm-hmm. Alright, well uh, again really appreciate you uh, stop let's, let's go to gamestop let's yeah. go, let's go save some lives <laughs> buy some
1: buy some magazines buy some magazine subscriptions <laughs> and
0: uh, let's hope that you don't end up back there one day yeah
1: for sure <laughs>
0: uh, um, thank you very much everybody for listening in if you'd like to drop a note to the show uh, send us an email Ryan has a podcast at gmail.com and uh, we will see you next week thank you very much take care national and should we get